cliffcentral.com. This is the Digital Influence with Ryan Hogan. Stories of digital transformation in business, in relationships, and in life. All right, well, welcome to another episode of Digital Influence. I'm your host, Ryan Hogarth. And I've spoken to and interviewed a number of people over the last year or so that I've been doing this show. And really, you know, I guess the whole purpose of what I'm trying to do and where we're trying to go is to give an understanding of the thinking and the business model required in a digital economy. We've moved into a very interesting time because of technology, the Internet, mobile, and so on. And I think it's important to know at the outset that approaching business and thinking about building your own business, whether it's a small sort of SME-type business or a global conglomerate, in the 20th century, access was scarce. It was difficult to get what you needed to get what you want. So access was a, was scarce, but attention was abundant. People were paying attention and they had the time and the attention to go after and get what they wanted if they really wanted it. Whereas today, access is abundant. You know, we have access to anything we want, anything we need. We can get access to it. We can get apps that'll help us. We can buy and get what we need fairly easily. But Attention is very scarce. You know, we're at a time where having to click two or three times on a website has become difficult and people don't really want to do it. They don't have the time and the attention for it. So we used to be able to make money by controlling access, by providing access because it was so scarce. Now we can't do it. Now we're sort of making profitable businesses by rather focusing on attention, grabbing the attention of customers and consumers. And we do that by making their lives easier and better. And it requires a new way of thinking. Now, so I think the things that are responsible for the world that we live in now, if we look over the last 50 years or so, are computing, communication, connectivity, collaboration, and convergence. You know, in the 1970s, computing came into its own with the invention of the microprocessor. In 1973, allowed computers to become smaller and smaller and find their ways into our offices, our homes, and then finally in the devices that we carry with us all the time. So we have abundant computing power, which just changes the way we live, the way we interact, the way we do business. And then communications. I mean, we can, it's almost inconceivable now to think of a time before cell phones where we couldn't access almost anybody in the world almost instantly. And that, the rise of that was the 1980s with, when cell phones sort of became and reached a broader public. And then, of course, through the 90s and where we are now, where you know, where there are more cell phones in the world than there are people. More people own a cell phone than own a toothbrush. And then collaboration. In the early 2000s, the time of collaboration arrived with the arrival of social media. And where we are today with well over 2 billion people using social platforms to share, communicate, and collaborate. And not just social media. If you think about the ways we're able to interact and communicate and and share through things like Evernote, Dropbox, we have access to what we need all the time and we're able to interact and collaborate. And then finally, convergence, which is where we are now. Everything has come together pretty much on the devices we carry with us all the time. So everything we need is available to us 
all the time. It's pretty much everything wherever you are. And it has put pressure on every business model in the world. You know, Google, someone from Google about a year and a half ago said that innovation that used to take a generation is now happening in weeks or months. And it's staggering if you think about that. That means in the three months of the year of 2017 that has already gone by, there has been generations of innovation already. And we see it. I mean, every day we're seeing articles and seeing videos and and hearing news of what we're doing technologically and how it's going to impact and change the world. And so every business model is under pressure to understand this this new world and figure out their place. It has allowed (coughs) small businesses or people with a great idea to build billion-dollar businesses. And it is said that by 2020, there'll be 50 billion connected devices. That's just under three years away. 50 billion things connected to the Internet, which sounds impressive, but it pales where you consider that they're saying by 2030 that that figure is going to be well over a trillion. So anything that can be connected to the Internet will be. And that'll be everything from your toothbrush to your shoes to, uh, to more, you know, obviously the devices that we live and work with. So being connected today is just as important as having electricity. You know, electricity is one of those things we don't really think about until it goes away. And when it goes away, we panic. And so it is with the internet. It's just kind of there and it's a part of our life. It's almost faded into the background until you know, copper lines get stolen or the fiber breaks or for whatever reason you can't connect and you realize how important it's become. So this is the digital age. And we have, you know, all of us have become digital consumers, digital employees. We have a digital workforce. And therefore, we need a digital thinking business model in order to have some kind of guarantee that we will succeed into the future. Every part of our lives personally has been transformed by technology. If you can think back to the start of the century, how did you live? How did you, what were your behaviors in life? Those have been completely transformed by technology. And the transformation that has come to our personal lives has come to business. And that transformation is digital. Yet most companies faced with digital transformation tend to approach it in one of two ways. They either ignore it and pretend that this transformation hasn't come or they go so overboard with technology without understanding their people. So they focus completely on the technology and don't bring their people along. And both of these approaches miss and they miss because it misses the fact that digital transformation is a people and technology proposition. And in truth, digital transformation is really three things. It's transforming your workforce, the way people work and uh, collaborate with one another to get the job done. Then there's transformation of the customer experience, having that ongoing obsession with the customer experience. And then finally, it's transformation of the business model, the very fundamental base, the way you think about your business, the way you think about the way you interact in the world. And there are a number of uh, businesses in the world who are succeeding at this, who are making a good fist of going digital. And you know, companies like McKinsey and Forrester, they study these businesses. And, and the common traits coming out of these are quite fascinating. You know, they're, uh, you know, when you say digital transformation, you're thinking, oh, okay, well, obviously there's a lot of technology involved. And of course there is. 
but it's the thinking that comes before the technology that's very interesting. And firstly, consider this. So you're looking to transform when you're going digital or going, deciding to, uh, go through a process of digital transformation, there are three things. So it's your teams, the way people work together, your customer experience, and then your business model. And transforming your business model is the hardest of all of these things because the question is how do you disrupt yourself? How does a business disrupt itself? All the great transformation or the great disruption we see in the world is coming for the most part from outside of the industries being disrupted. So the question is, okay, how do you disrupt yourself? How do you remove yourself from a, a fixed way of thinking? And if you've been working in an industry for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you have learned to think in a certain way. So it is very hard to think outside of that and challenge what it is you do. So the first trait, the first characteristic of digital transformation is a business first understanding their purpose. Why do you exist in the world? And you want to use that purpose in a way, this is what you use to capture the hearts and the minds of your teams, your workforce, and of course your customers. Google, for example, their transformative purpose is to organize the world's information. Simply stated, we can all get behind that, and we see how they do it with their products every day. So the first thing is, what is your business about? And yet, yeah, maybe a small local plumbing company, or it may be a nationwide uh, e-commerce site, whatever it is, why do you exist? What problem are you solving? What purpose do you fulfill in the world, and you've got to understand that, and then not just put it on a dull, boring mission statement that gets put in an HR pack somewhere. This is something that your people want, must live and breathe and emulate as they go about their daily business. And then you've got to challenge the real world. The real world is where great ideas go to die. So many times we hear things like, wow, that was a really great idea, but it'll never work in the real world. Yet, we have these billion-dollar businesses being built around the world today by people who've paid no attention to the real world. They haven't been taught the reasons why things can't be done. They've just had a great idea, and they're building incredible technology around that idea. So question everything. You know, whatever your business is, why do you do that? How can you do it better? What else could you be doing? You know, 15 years ago, if someone had gone to the board of a bank like First National Bank and said, you know, you guys should consider selling cell phones and technology, that guy probably would have been asked to resign. Yet, that's what the bank is doing today. Facebook is looking to get into banking. Google wants to get into healthcare. These are areas complete. They've seen opportunities outside of their industries. Where is that opportunity for you today? And it's hard to know what questions to ask yourself to think about this. So the answer really then is to question everything. Ask yourself every question. Should you be getting into a different product line? Or is there a better way for you to deliver your service? How can you digitize your, your, your current offerings or offer an online way for people to engage with you and get their services? And while you're asking yourself questions, you want to be asked – 
asking questions to reduce complexity. You want to make things simple. You want to make things less. And if your customer has to go through 10 or 15 steps to buy something from you, how can you eliminate that down to two or three? Make it smaller. Make it, you don't want, you're not looking for the most sophisticated solution. You're looking for a workable solution because we understand today that some of the great problems of growth of the bottom line of even changing the world often have very simple mundane solutions. So you want to be looking at, okay, how do you remove complexity from the environment? Because really at the heart of transformation is your customer experience. Do you have an obsession with what your customer goes through when they interact with you? Now, friction, you want to build a frictionless business. And friction is any resistance that exists between you and your customer. How can you build a business where that friction doesn't exist? And friction manifests in many, many ways. You know, if uh, often as our businesses grow, we tend to build in processes that are convenient for us, but not necessarily convenient for the customer. So, you know, there's some great examples of, you know, my one of my favorite is the autoresponder email where you send an email, you get an instant response that basically says, well, thanks for getting in touch, but we're really busy and we'll try and deal with you in 24 to 48 hours. That's just resistance. You've made it hard. I'm going to go somewhere else. So where is the friction in your business? How have you made it difficult for your customer to buy from you, to interact with you, and how do you remove it? And that's where the technology starts to come in. It may be an app. It may be a responsive website. Whatever it might be, you know, but put your put yourself in the mind of your customer. If they're looking for you, can they find you on Google? If they find your website, is it easy for them to interact or do they have to fill in a complicated form that no one ever answers? Is your phone number easily displayed or is it buried five menus deep? This and many, many other things exist to just build resistance, to build friction. And since we're talking about the customer, now let's talk about your teams. People in the workplace have got to view each other as customers in the workplace. If a person's job exists to deliver some kind of service to another team member, they should view that person as a customer and in a similar way remove the friction that exists between the two of them. And this is really the mindset. Once you get it going and you build a culture around that, that's what you're looking to improve and deal with all the time. And when you don't have this mindset, you build this this crazy idea of a a road that's very well paved, and we can all see our destination, and we can we can see that the road's in great shape to get there. Yet we're being asked to take a lane that is filled with speed bumps, and your customers driving over these speed bumps very slowly, saying, "I don't understand." Why I have to do this? I can see there's a great road. I could get there much faster, but you're making me take the slowest possible lane. And that's what happens when you don't eliminate friction. You create friction with your customer, and they get incredibly upset about it. So this is, I guess, a summation of what digital transformation is and understanding the people and technology dichotomy of it or the two sides of it. So digital transformation really means team transformation, customer transformation, and business model transformation. And transformation is not just a gradual change towards something. Transformation is you were once something and became something different. So it is fairly radical, and it's got to be quick. And 
there is really no choice about transformation. You know, the opportunities in this new world are simply too great to ignore this. And the danger and the risk is being left behind while you contemplate whether you should or shouldn't do it. So that's a brief discussion of digital transformation and the business model thinking about it. And I hope you're making your own progress toward digital transformation. Thanks very much for listening. You just listened to The Digital Influence with Ryan Hoyt. Cliffcentral.com